My name is Paul Spellman. This is I Have a Story About That. Welcome. This is a new podcast that's just been getting started here. This is episode two. I have a pilot that's out there that you might want to catch sometime as I am trying to get started here and figure things out. And then I have one episode out there. Today, this episode, number two, is called Finding Zadok and Minerva Woods. It's really a follow-up from episode one. So if you heard the first one, then you know a little bit about how we got here and where we're going from here. Uh, if not, you might want to uh, go look for episode one, uh, catch up a little bit as we all looked for uh, Zadok, who was born in Brookfield, Massachusetts in 1773. And then we found Minerva, uh, his future bride, who was born in uh, Martha's Vineyard in 1776, and her family then moved to Vermont. We found them together in 1798, getting married in Cottletown, uh, Vermont, which is now uh, the beautiful little village of South Woodstock. And we left them there in uh, late 1799 with their first child, a daughter also named Minerva, with the Cottle family and clan gathered all around. So that's uh, we got there by looking at a couple of adventures of research and a couple of marvelous discoveries that um, we found in trying to nail down Zadok and uh, Minerva and get them coupled together up in Vermont, which we did. So in this episode, what I'd like to do is uh, follow them a little bit as they make their way now across the American frontier, because the point of this podcast is uh, that we're looking at uh, the frontier settlements of America in the late uh, 1700s and into the early 1800s. This is a massive uh, migration of what ultimately would be over a million people who would make their way from the East Coast, across the Appalachian Mountains, down the Ohio Valley, uh, usually to the Mississippi Valley. And then after some uh, stay in that area, we have another generation making its way then uh, even farther west. The story of the American frontier is really the story not of the uh, big names that we read about here and there, but about the regular folks, the families who uh, dealt with the hardships and the challenges and the opportunities awaiting them uh, over that horizon. And Zadok and Minerva Cottlewoods are good examples uh, of that settlement of the American frontier. So it's 1800. And I'm doing some research uh, now, uh, almost uh, uh, 200 years later, uh, trying to um, figure out uh, how they got to where they uh, ended up. I know where they end up. They end up in Texas, uh, but I know they didn't go there straight away. So I've got a gap, actually, of about two decades that I've got to fill in. I know that in 1800, or at least in 1799, they were in uh, Cottletown uh, in the new state of Vermont. I knew that they would end up in Texas uh, somewhere around uh, the early 1820s. So where did they go along the way? How long did they stay in Cottletown? And what was part of that adventure? So we're going to follow their adventure by following my research as I began to hunt them down across the American frontier. I hope you'll enjoy this. Uh, this is the kind of thing I like to do, and I like to tell stories about. Well, my first uh, challenge then was to double-check the 1800 census, because this is only the second census uh, 
of the United States, but in it would be valuable information to make sure that uh, the Cottles and the Woods were there in Vermont, um, and you know, then kind of see what I could track after that. My problem was that they didn't show up in Cottletown in the 1800 census. In fact, Cottletown itself was practically a ghost town. If you look at the numbers that are um, calculated there in that particular uh, census report, well, that's a mystery. What happened to Cottletown? What happened to the, what looks to be maybe as many as 20 families that are no longer there uh, in Cottletown, at least according to the 1800 census. I had no idea, but I guessed that lacking the possibility of some kind of plague that had run through there and killed them all, and I had no information about that, that they must have moved. So I began to look, you know, in lots of different directions to see what might have happened. Maybe they went back to the Martha Vineyards area where the Coddles were originally from. Maybe Zadok led them on a short trek a hundred miles south uh, back down into Massachusetts. But I couldn't find them. They weren't in Massachusetts, and they weren't uh, in Vermont. And then, almost accidentally, I found them. I found them in the census records in Litchfield, Connecticut. Now, let me tell you, we'll go to Litchfield. Litchfield is an absolutely beautiful town. It's one of those picturesque New England towns. It's got those high steeple white uh, churches, uh, nice wide streets, beautiful homes. Uh, great uh, storefronts and antique shops everywhere, super friendly people. It's a beautiful place in uh, northwest Connecticut, not too very far from the border to the state of New York. So you get over to Litchfield and uh, just you know, take some time to drive around uh, the town. It's, uh, it's delightful. You'll enjoy it uh, very much. But there I was in Litchfield trying to figure out what might have been going on there? I couldn't get any information. There, they have an historic society there. They had some archives and records. Uh, they confirmed that, yes, in fact, according to the 1800 census, Zadok and Minerva Cottlewoods were there with their one-year-old child, Minerva, and that there were quite a sum of Cottle families also uh, registered there in the census as having lived uh, in, uh, in Litchfield, Connecticut. But as the archivist and I were looking back and forth from there, we found no evidence of any of the coddles there prior to 1800. And in fact, in some of the local records, when you're looking at 1802 and 1803, in the general store records and uh, in the burial records or marriage records there, no coddles either. The point being that the Cottle clan, which included Zadok and Minerva, were in Litchfield in 1800, but for a very, very short period of time. In fact, somewhat ironically and interestingly, I think, they're probably only long enough for the census taker to catch up with them. I mean, the coincidence that they were there and not out on the trail when the census taker came to Litchfield is the only reason I was able to find them at all. They had made their way from um, Woodstock, from South Woodstock, Cuddletown, down through Massachusetts, and then headed generally west 
where the trail would have taken them through Litchfield. Clearly, though, they were on a mission. They were going elsewhere. Litchfield was just a pause on their trip. They had another destination in mind. So thank goodness for that moment when the census taker stumbled upon them and uh, registered them because it looks like almost very soon thereafter uh, this whole clan, which turned out to actually be nearly 100 people, men, women, and children, picked up stakes and headed west again. Now, if you look at the, um, the movement on the American settlement at the turn of the century in 1800, you get a pretty good idea of exactly what route these folks would have gone on and where they ultimately were headed. If you head uh, out of Litchfield, you would take trails that would take you west, across the Hudson, north of New York City, finally down into Pennsylvania, go through the Poconos and the beautiful rolling hills of central Pennsylvania till you get to the little town of uh, where Fort Pitt uh, stood. There, the uh, confluence of the Allegheny River and the Monongahela River form the great Ohio River, and its valley begins there. Uh, at Pittsburgh. This would have been the quickest route for most settlers to make their way through the Alleghenies uh, uh, and finally down the Ohio River Valley uh, spilling out, if they didn't stop along the way, into the Mississippi. So we conjecture that they, like many, many others, caravans of all sorts and sizes, uh, would find their way ultimately over maybe a month or so uh, to Pittsburgh and then wind their way down the Ohio on barges and rafts, uh, making their way ultimately to the Mississippi River Valley. We found by looking from their back uh, into history that that's in fact exactly what they did. And then they turned north. When they uh, hit the Mississippi River, they turned north to St. Louis. They may have spent some time in St. Louis. Again, it's still 1801, um, and we have no records of them in St. Louis, but we know where they landed. They landed about 40 miles west of St. Louis in a, a small little village that would ultimately be named Troy, Missouri. It's on the Cuivre River, C-U-I-V-R-E, a beautiful little river. It's west of the Mississippi River. It's north of the great Missouri River that heads out across the old Louisiana Purchase and heads for the Rocky Mountains. But in between, in this little area with St. Louis on the southeast corner, uh, the Mississippi to the east and the Missouri to the south, uh, is a beautiful little Cuivre Valley. And there, the Coddles... Apparently, all 100 of them uh, landed to, uh, to settle. In the stories that I learned after we had made our way to Troy, it turns out, in fact, that one of the Cottles, a cousin named Stephen Cottle, who was one of the sort of captains, leaders of the clan, uh, had been in ill health back in South um, Woodstock in Cottletown, Vermont. And a physician had said to him, which was a uh, often the curative, if you will, back in those days, you need to go out west, get some fresh air out on the wilderness. And so Stephen Cottle and his son had actually traveled out to the Mississippi River Valley and to St. Louis in 1798. 
had returned to Cottletown to announce to everyone that they had found a paradise out in the wilderness and that everyone should come. And apparently persuasively making their case, a hundred members of the Cottletown community agreed to go, including Zadok and Minerva and little Minerva with them. So that's how all that came about. Again, a rather typical story uh, of families settling farther and farther west, sometimes ill health and uh, good medicine of fresh air was often the, uh, the cure, or at least caused them uh, to pick up stakes and head out uh, on the frontier. At any rate, um, if we travel there now, we make our way to St. Louis, and then uh, once you're in St. Louis, um, you, just, um, you just drive out Highway 70, Interstate 70, about 30, 40 minutes. You come to a little town called Wentzville, W-E-N-T-Z-Ville, and then you would uh, turn north on that on uh, State Highway 61. As you go north on 61 for about 15 miles, you will enter the Quiver River Valley, and oh my goodness, it it's so beautiful. It's just a lovely open land, farmland, rich soil, uh, livestock out in the fields. It's good farmland as well. There's a, a little roll to the hills on either side of the valley. Uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. You can see why uh, Stephen Cottle in his first trip, if that's where he had landed finally, uh, would have fallen in love with it and how persuasive he would have been for them to come out to this beautiful place. It wasn't just a wilderness. It was a paradise for them. And so convincingly, obviously, everybody uh, ends up out there uh, west of St. Louis. Not all of the Cottles remained in this same settlement. They spread out a little bit across two or three locations in Missouri. But for our story, Zadok and Minerva, and little Minerva, and Minerva's parents, and a handful of the other Cottle families all decided to be a part of this brand new settlement that at the time, 1801, didn't even have a name yet. Uh, there were some other families who'd arrived there from St. Louis, coincidentally, uh, were all settling into this Quiver River Valley, uh, greeted one another, uh, became friends and neighbors, began to stake out land here in, uh, in Missouri, which, by the way, in 1801... If you remember your U.S. history, uh, this is a really fascinating period of time here because between 1762 and 1800, all of this area of the Mississippi River and West belonged to Spain. Prior to 1762, all of this land had belonged to France. Uh, after La Salle's explorations up and down the Mississippi River Valley, naming it Louisiana, claiming it for France. And for uh, 70 years, uh, this had all belonged to the French. But at the end of the French and Indian War, also known as the Seven Years' War in 1762, losing that war to England, the French handed the Mississippi River and the western part of Louisiana over to the Spanish rather than have to give them up to the British. So from 1762 for the next 40 years, this area of Missouri from St. Louis and West was under the auspices of New Spain. But in 1800, Napoleon, now having uh, 
made himself the emperor of France following a decade-long revolution, wanted that land back. And uh, the king of Spain at the time, Philip, was in no position to resist. And so in a secret agreement in 1800, the Spanish gave that part of Louisiana back to the French. Three years later, in 1803, Napoleon sells all of that to the United States, among other reasons, to have some funds now to go to war against England. That's a great little story in the midst of all of this, but the point is that we've got a personal attachment here because in 1801, just the first year that this area west of St. Louis now is back in the hands of the French, and here comes these Americans who uh, just two years earlier thought they were arriving in Spanish territory, now find themselves uh, living under the French flag, and two years later, without picking up stakes and moving an inch, are back in the United States again. So, uh, at least technically, in this three-year period, the Cottles and uh, Zadok and Minerva were part of Spain, part of France, and back part of the United States again uh, along the way. A nice little side story here in the midst of um, the bigger story of Zadok and Minerva out on the American frontier. So there they are, uh, and uh, they're going to begin to settle in here. Uh, Zadok and Minerva decided that they would build an inn and a tavern pretty much at the center of this little village that they were going to build, and would serve. this would serve as a hostel for people moving out into the frontier, for people moving on, uh, for people coming into the Cuiver River Valley uh, looking to settle. And so they built a little inn uh, and a tavern that became quite popular in that part of the region uh, out in the countryside west of St. Louis. At some point along the way, there was a general townspeople meeting to decide what to name this settlement that they were uh, creating. And although there were a number of um, uh, nominations, including Cottletown and Woodsville, I suspect, uh, one of the other uh, new settlers there apparently very persuasively gave a speech about the glories of ancient Greece and so on, and uh, and and urged them to name their town Troy. And whatever the final vote was, that now became the name of the little town. So Troy it was, uh, with Zadok and Minerva as uh, proprietors of the inn and tavern right in the downtown area. We're going to, as we go to um, uh, Troy on our little trip here, and we make our way up Highway 61, uh, we come into the little town, and there's not a whole lot to it, but it's a nice, modest town. It's got a little bit of everything there, uh, nice folks uh, in the area. And right in the center of town is a little town park. And in that town park are renditions of, replicas of, uh, the small cabins uh, that were part of the inn and the tavern that Zadok and Minerva built. So, in fact, uh, Zadok Woods uh, apparently had some notoriety there uh, in uh, the years that he spent uh, living in Troy. 
So for there, there we are in Troy. Now, um, we're not sure exactly what's going to be going on from this point on. So let's go over to the archives. We go over to the library, a very uh, pleasant little building there. Um, and we're in Lincoln County, Missouri. And go over to the library where we're going to see what we can find about uh, Zadok and Minerva. And we found a surprising amount of information there about them. Between 1801 and 1821, uh, Zadok and Minerva uh, lived there in Troy, ran the inn and the uh, uh, tavern, uh, raised uh, several uh, boys, uh, lost a, an infant daughter uh, while they were there as well. And so this information is fairly readily available there in the archives. We have a little bit of help from the 1810 census and the 1820 census, but much more importantly, the local records uh, give us a pretty good story of Zadok and Minerva during this period of time. One of the things I learned about Zadok during this period of time, before we move on to the next chapter of his life, is that this were some difficult times here, uh, particularly towards the, um, uh, the the latter part of their stay there, um, and that there was some uh, controversy about Zadok as being someone who um, uh, drank too much and um, caused a little bit of trouble in the town uh, over that period of time, a very unfortunate little chapter in his life. That would have been 1817, 18, and 1819, uh, right before they, uh, they left Troy, Missouri. But I have one more story before we uh, take them on to the next stage of their life, and it's there in Troy, and it's during the War of 1812. Two stories, really. One, um, in December of 1811, uh, not too very far from Troy, Missouri, there was a massive earthquake that took place along the Mississippi River Valley, centered in a small community called New Madrid. And this often called the New Madrid earthquake, which had aftershocks in January and February of 1812. Literally, uh, the earth swallowed the town of New Madrid during this earthquake. It was uh, on the Richter scale somewhere around 6.8. It was actually felt all the way to the East Coast. There were stories in the newspapers in North and South Carolina and in Maryland and Virginia about the tremors from this earthquake. There are many stories about the Mississippi River in certain places literally flowing north instead of south in all the upset of the earthquake. Uh, lakes that were there disappeared, dry land that had been there turned into lakes. It was a traumatizing uh, physical event, geographic event, the New Madrid earthquake of 1811-1812. And less than 75 miles from the epicenter was Troy, Missouri. So certainly this had a major impact on the people of Troy and the Cuiver River Valley, uh, we don't have any uh, personal reminiscences of exactly how they may have felt, but we know definitely that they felt it. Well, also you remember that uh, uh, only a few months later, coincidentally, um, the United States enters into what becomes known as the War of 1812, uh, fought uh, against uh, Britain. Uh, some would call it the Second War of Independence, 
Some call it the very unnecessary war led by the uh, passionate, fervent war hawks to get us into a war with England. For whatever reasons in the background on all of that, uh, in fact, um, the war begins uh, in the spring of 1812. As you recall from your um, history lessons, it goes very badly uh, the, at the beginning. Uh, the, the Canada campaign by the Americans marching up into Canada uh, was a miserable and epic fail. Uh, and the armies returned uh, with very little uh, to show for it. And then the war turned even worse uh, in the spring of 1814. As the war commences, uh, Zadok um, clearly uh, would find himself in, involved in this war. Uh, and so I began looking for any service records that Zadok Woods might have uh, uh, left behind in terms of the War of 1812. And I found a very interesting and disconcerting um, set of records. Uh, in fact, I found Zadok Woods in Indiana. I found a Zadok Woods in South Carolina. And I found a Zadok Woods in Louisiana, along with the Zadok Woods in Troy, Missouri. It took me quite a while to figure out that um, this was not the same Zadok Woods, um, that he didn't find himself four different places during that period of time because some of those records were pretty much the same date. So rather remarkably, there appeared to have been some other Zadok Woodses um, living at that time. I never did track them down or whatever happened to them, but that was kind of unusual, it seemed to me, kind of unusual name. At any rate, um, in uh, 1814, um, uh, Lieutenant Zachary Taylor of the United States Army uh, brought his troops uh, out west of St. Louis as part of the Indian Wars that were connected to the War of 1812 and came to Troy, Missouri and was given permission to make the uh, inn of Zadok and Minerva Cottle Woods into his temporary headquarters. And so for several months, uh, the future President of the United States, Zachary Taylor, uh, now as an army lieutenant, um, was there headquartered at the Woods Inn in Troy, Missouri. Uh, as several months had gone by and the war shifted, uh, two different things uh, happened. Uh, both Zachary Taylor left and Zadok Woods left. When Zachary left, uh, Zachary Taylor left, he left uh, as a gift for Minerva Cottle Woods for her courtesy and hospitality, a spinning wheel that some of his men had built for Minerva Cottle Woods. That spinning wheel still exists to this day and is uh, ensconced in a delightful little uh, museum in, of all places, Burnett, Texas, which is a whole other story to tell sometime about Zadok. Zadok himself also left, perhaps with Taylor's forces, uh, but he went south and ended up joining up with the frontier militia led by General Andrew Jackson. And Andy Jackson, old Hickory Jackson, uh, took his troops from the battlefield against the Creeks and headed to New Orleans in the fall of 1814. And the battles of New Orleans fought on Christmas Eve 1814 and two weeks later again in January of 1815 uh, were the uh, sort of post-climatic but legendary battles uh, ending the War of 1812. And Zadok fought in the Battle of New Orleans alongside the frontier militia of Andrew Jackson. 
uh, great experience that he would tell and relate to his children and grandchildren in the years that followed and really sets up the next stories that we may tell somewhere down the way about the uh, travels and adventures of Zadok and Minerva Cottle Woods. Well, I hope you enjoy these stories, and um, once again, uh, we will come back to them one of these days in a later episode, and we'll follow uh, Zadok and Minerva and their families as they ultimately make their way to Texas. I'm Paul Spellman. This has been, I have a story about that. I sure hope you enjoyed it, and I'll uh, see you again.